Hebrews chapter number six. Hebrews chapter number six, beginning with verse number one. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number six, and verse number one. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands. And of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. Praise God. I'm just going to I'm just going to deliver what I have felt in my spirit that's been so heavy on me for a while that I have just that the Lord has just drilled this into my spirit and I can't I can't get away from it. I feel like there's an increasing uh intensity And of the eternal judgment, you'd be seated tonight. I, I more than likely will revisit this, I'm sure, in the future. But I'm convinced that every person that is going to be saved has got to have two fundamental revelations among many other revelations. Those two revelations are, number one, a revelation of eternity. Eternity. Second, once you have received a revelation of eternity, God wants to give you a revelation of time. When you realize that eternity is forever and once I pass from this life into the next, that there's no going back and fixing or redoing or another chance. When I get a, really get a revelation and I grasp the fact that eternity is not some fairy tale. You see, it is, it is the revelation of eternity that a, a sinner must have in order to want to repent of their sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is the fundamental reason why we have gathered here tonight is because at least on some level, on some level, there is the recognition of eternity. Eternity. Our brain can't comprehend eternity. We can try our best. I've, I've heard it described in so many different ways. And this is how often I think of it. This is how often I think of it. 
it, it, it just, it, consume, it has consumed my mind ever increasingly. I, and I can't tell you how far back it began to really, really, really intensify. But I heard it described like this. If, if there was a steel ball the size of the sun and every 1,000 years a dove came by and just barely brushed its wing on the surface of that giant steel ball, by the time that giant steel ball wore down to nothing, eternity will have only just begun. And that is something that stuck with me years and years ago when I first heard it to the point when I, when I walk into, let's say, a, a, a restaurant or a gas station or, or, or a, a convenience store or whatever it is, I'll, I'll look at maybe the counter and you can see where there are wear marks from people's hands on the counter or there's a, a trail that comes through the door where people have walked. And I try to think in my mind, how many people did it take to walk through that door to begin to wear through the concrete just that little bit? It's, it's every day. It's, it's every day. It's hundreds, perhaps thousands of people a day that will walk through the door of maybe a, a Walmart or a, a gas station or whatever. And you can see the evidence of, of, of the traffic of people coming in and out. And every time I see that, I immediately begin to think if, if in just a few, if, 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 all of the traffic that has come through has wore that down just enough to where you can see a little bit of a wear spot, how long would it take for a tiny bird to wear a steel ball down to nothing that was the size of a sun, of the sun? How long eternity is going to be? Every time we come together, someone's eternity is hanging in the balance. Heaven and hell are not just fictitious places. They are not just, it is not just a fairy tale that, that, uh, that, that, that we have made up in order to establish some type of little club here to do our thing. But eternity, the eternal judgment. We are living whether we really understand it or not. We are living every day under the crushing weight of eternity. Every decision that we make, every thought that we think, every place that we go, everything we involve ourselves in, every action we take every day, in one way or another very possibly could affect where I, where I spend eternity. Very possibly. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for his mercy. We are here. We are saved by grace through faith. But God at the same time expects us as his children to begin to produce fruit. Those trees, the Bible says, that did not produce fruit, we were hewn down and cast into the fire. God has laid a responsibility on his church. And that responsibility is the awareness of eternity and where other people are going to spend that eternity. If, if, if the Lord saved me and he, he poured out his grace and his mercy in my life, he washed away my sins 
and I somehow skip through life and have no concern about the eternity of someone else that actually moves me. If God cannot get to my emotions, the Bible tells us freely you have received, freely give. There, there's got to be a point to where I take the gospel message and the, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his goodness towards me and, and I come under the burden and the weight of eternity knowing that once it's, once it's over, it's over and there's no do-overs again. There's no second chances once, once this life is over, once I go the way of the grave or I'm taken in the rapture of the church. We've got, to, we've, we've got to grasp a hold of a fresh revelation of eternity. Eternity will cause me to, to live differently. It will cause me to think differently. It will cause me to, to take inventory of my life and everything that I do and I involve myself with. Now, I'm not just talking about doing good things or bad things. I'm talking about the burden of the Lord and the revelation and the realization that forever is forever and there are no do-overs after this life has passed me by. I cannot get the years back of my life. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that is here today and gone tomorrow. It is going by that fast. And God has positioned us as a church is, and is pulling for his church as a whole to have a fresh revelation of eternity. That every time we come together, if the preacher's not preaching to you, but there's one soul in the congregation that is lost, then I am as concerned as it, if it were my soul that was lost. Somebody say amen. This is what the Lord is wanting us to get to is a fresh revelation of, of eternity, not just my eternity, but somebody else's eternity, somebody else's soul that could forever be lost, and God wants to give them an opportunity and give them a chance to receive his precious gift of the Holy Ghost and to be washed and cleansed in the waters of baptism and have their life changed and transformed and be born of the water and born of the Spirit and have an opportunity to go to heaven and hear me tonight that there is there is a revelation that every single one of us need to get and that is a revelation of eternity a fresh revelation a fresh a fresh baptism of a revelation of eternity to where we when we get up tomorrow we're not seeing the day through the lens of of my meaningless little problems that that I that I I, I can fall into the habit of complaining about but I look at everything everything I look at it in the light of eternity and I can judge that situation based upon whether it will matter in eternity or it will not matter in eternity So many things get us hung up that will not matter in eternity. We, we, we are a different people. We view everything in this life through the lens of eternity. Every decision that I make, I make not only through the lens of my own eternity, but through uh, uh, with the idea and the, the fact that my wife's eternity that my children's eternity could hinge upon my decisions. 
that that those around me that love me, that lean upon me, that that have a relationship with me, that their eternity could could hinge upon my decision making, upon upon what I do, upon whether or not I have a revelation of eternity. So therefore, I live every day and, and, and multiple times a day. I I I I think of the fact that eternity is forever, and I cannot afford to be to be distracted. I cannot afford to be uh, uh, drawn away off of the straight and the narrow, but I must live my life every day in pursuit of God, understanding that eternity is forever and there are no do-overs. And I want to live my life pleasing unto the Lord, not just for myself, but I want to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to help somebody else avoid a place called hell, a place of eternal judgment, a place of eternal damnation because forever is forever and there's no do-overs once I have entered into eternity. Eternity is forever. It's forever. There, there's no do-overs anymore once, once I have entered into eternity. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2, it is telling us, he says, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. What he's talking about is this is Christianity 101. And he gets to the end of verse 2 and he says, and of eternal judgment. This has got to be one of those fundamental revelations that we get but we never lose sight of. One of those fundamental revelations that gets in my spirit that I never lose the intensity of the fact that eternity is forever. That eternity, it, it never stops. And where, if I, if I am in heaven or I am in hell, there is no, there is no end to eternity. It is forever. This is, this is just, this is just the beginning. This, this, this is, this is Christianity 101. I've got to get a revelation of eternity and realize that forever is forever. One of the greatest things that could ever happen to anybody is have is to, to every day, every every day of your life is to have a consciousness and an awareness that eternity is forever. Every single day. It, that, that it be something that I cannot escape in my brain even if I try to escape it. Even if I try to block it out of my brain I cannot do it because there's something that has got in my spirit. I want you to lift your hands right now unto the Lord and I want to pray this over you. I want you to lift your voice right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that a revelation of eternity would get a hold of every single person in this building. That every day that they live, every day that they live, they would live under the crushing weight of eternity. That they would live under the crushing weight that forever is forever and I cannot afford to be distracted. I cannot afford to be to be disillusioned. I cannot afford for my flesh to take control of my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 14 verses 11 and 12. For it is written, as I live saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So that every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Sorry, this is just the way that I think. Maybe just because I'm getting there myself. But people that get to the age in life where they have less life to live than they have already lived, I often think to myself, I wonder what that's like. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting closer. 
every, every funeral that I go to, whether saved or unsaved, I personally make another decision right then. I, I take people that I, I visit caskets and I visit funerals of, of people that I did not know personally. And I, and I, and I make it a point to go by and look at the, look at their face. I take, I, I make it a personal decision to look at them and take a good look because I'm going to be there one day. If the rapture hasn't happened, I'm going to be right there and I cannot avoid it. I cannot avoid it. Cannot avoid it. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can say. There's no, there's no life I can live that I can somehow avoid that. And I make a decision. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do the will of my father. I'm not, I'm not going to be so wrapped up in myself. And it is an, it is an ever, it is an ever, uh, 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 it is a process that keeps on going in my life. God, I, I don't want to be less surrendered to you tomorrow. I want to be more surrendered to you tomorrow. I want to find a way to get outside of every bit of iniquity that would try to overtake and control my life. I want to be loosed from everything that, that, uh, that tries to get me to be so wrapped up in myself and my own, in my own, uh, 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 schedule and the things that I think I have to do God tomorrow I want to be more surrendered to you tomorrow than I was today because eternity it, it, because it's all about eternity it's all about the fact that there is there's no do-overs once I pass from this life into the next there's nobody in this room that is promised tomorrow not a soul not a soul not a soul you could walk out of here tonight and have a blood clot in your brain and it can be over just that fast. Oh, yes. It could be over before you have time to try to get things right with God. It could be over before you have time to even think about anything. It can be over just that fast. So I've got to live every day under the crushing weight of eternity. I've got to live every day, every day that I wake up. It's, it's not about my, my life. It's not about my what is good for me. But I've got to live according to the fact that one day I will give account of myself unto God. Matthew 12 and 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. There's coming a day of judgment for everybody. I'm not going to get into the difference between those that are saved and those that are lost. You know, we, we, we know that when we are born again, According to scripture, we know it. It's very clear. There's no guessing. We obey the gospel. We repent of our sins, are baptized in Jesus' name, and are filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the, the birth of the water and the birth of the Spirit. That is when we enter into the kingdom of God. And then we, at that point, are we only able to see the kingdom of God? Jesus said, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom. He can't even see it. You have to be born into it to even be able to see it. We know when I enter in and when I am in a, in a condition where I am justified by my faith. But there's no clear place in Scripture that says this is how you know exactly when you have crossed the line and when you are lost.
The Bible says, oh, Paul made reference, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What was he saying? He was saying, Demas backslid. That's what he was saying. Because the Bible says, if, 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 I, if, if the love of the Father is not in me, if I have the love of the world in me, if I love the world, then the love of the Father is not in me. He was making a very distinct statement about Demas. He has forsaken me having loved this present world. He was saying he, his eyes were turned towards the world, and that's what he loved. That's what he loved. That's what he loved. He was saying Demas is lost because it's impossible to love the world and have the love of the Father in you at the same time. It is impossible for, there, for that to be the case. And so he walked away and lived his life because while he was doing ministry with the Apostle Paul of all people, there was something in his spirit that just loved the world. He loved the present world. You know what he didn't have? He didn't have a revelation of eternity. He didn't have it. He didn't, something in his spirit never, never came to the place where he really grasped a hold of eternity. And because of that, you know what he thought he had? He thought he had time. Because you don't get a revelation of time. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There are angels. It's, I'm telling you, there, there are so many times up here I just feel the brush of angels' wings while I'm preaching because the angels of the Lord are moving through here right now. That, that I, I, I cannot get a revelation of time, that I don't have time until I, until I get a revelation that forever is forever. When I really get a revelation of eternity, then I begin to turn my eyes inwardly and say, whew, this life is short. I don't have time to play around. I don't have time to indulge in sin. I don't have time to indulge in my flesh and just let my flesh do whatever my flesh wants to do. But I have got to be constantly, every day, pursuing to get closer to Jesus, to rid myself of everything that would slow me down, every weight and sin that would so easily beset me. Why? Because I've got a revelation of eternity. And because of the revelation of eternity, I then turn inwardly and I look at my life and know that it is just a vapor, that is just the womb of eternity and realize, man, I just don't have very much time. I don't have time to give myself to this and to that. I'm going to tell you right now that one of the greatest things that we could ever that we could ever realize, and the Lord has been taking me on, on a journey to where he's just been showing me things about myself and about eternity to where I can realize I just don't have time. I just don't have time. I don't have time for, for silliness, and I don't have time for foolishness because eternity is hanging in the balance, and eternity is, is right there staring me in the face. Even though it seems like it's so far away, it's not very far away at all. It's just it's just a vapor that I'm living in right now. It's just a, it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So therefore, I've got to live every day pursuing and drawing closer to God. I've got to live every day knowing that what I do in this life affects my eternity. What good am I? What good am I to the kingdom if I don't even realize that eternity is real? I'm fooling myself. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time. If I, don't, if I don't have a revelation of eternity, I can make decisions as I want to make them. I make them without praying about them. I make them without counsel. I make decisions without even thinking anything about it. 
because I don't have a revelation of eternity. But when you have a revelation of eternity and you realize that forever is forever, I don't want to do anything, go anywhere, say anything, be involved in anything that could potentially rob me of my eternity in heaven. We've all got to get to, for, for us to be the revival church that God has, has, has purposed us to be, it's got to be full of saints that have gotten a grasp of and have gotten a hold of a revelation of eternity. When you realize that forever is forever and this life is just a vapor, it will cause us to, to be able to look at certain things and realize it just doesn't, things that I put emphasis on, just does not, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's not going to make any difference in eternity. Every young person in the room, you've got to get it in your spirit now. I know it, I know it feels like that there's no such thing as an end to this life. I, I realize how that feels. But you got a day coming. The clock is ticking. Whether you hear that, that, that second hand or not, it's ticking. It's ticking. Your eternity is getting closer. It's getting closer. We don't know when that is, but it's getting closer. So every time, every opportunity I have to make right decisions, I want to make those right decisions. Every, every opportunity I have to share the gospel, I don't want to pass over that opportunity because somebody's eternity is in the balance. And I'm telling you right now that there is a harvest of souls that God is, is, is sending us and God is going to send us. But it's only going to be reaped by a people who know that eternity is forever. And it matters to me more than my little schedule. It matters to me more than what I've got going on somebody else's eternity matters to me more because I've gotten a hold of a revelation of my own eternity and eternity is so real I cannot bypass it I cannot I cannot I cannot somehow get around it or get away from it but I will spend eternity in heaven or in hell I will stand before God and I will stand before God for rewards for what I did in his kingdom or I will stand before God in judgment and I will give account for every idle word and I will stand before God in judgment for every decision that I made whether it was the right one or the wrong one or whether it was incomplete or whether it was whether it was uh, out of frivolity or whether it was just because I felt like doing it at the time I'm going to stand before God in judgment for iniquity that was in my heart that said God I'll do it my way I'll do it on my watch I'll do it how I want to do it I'm going to stand before God in judgment worst words you will ever, I don't care what somebody has ever said to you, if somebody has wounded you, if somebody has if somebody has said words to you that left you different that altered the course of your life there will never be any words said to you any worse than depart from me I never knew you you worker of iniquity I've made up my mind, I'm not going to hear those words I've made up my mind right now, right now, right now I'm going to tell you what, I, you can think I'm crazy or whatever. I, it even crossed my mind the last month to go ahead and get my cemetery plot bought and get my headstone purchased and, and get it inscribed on my headstone now. He died in faith. I've already been thinking this through right now because I've already been thinking about the end of my life of how I'm going to go to the grave should the rapture of the church not happen. I've already, I'm already thinking right now about those last days of my life and what I want them to look like and what I want them to feel like should God give me the ability to go 
uh, uh, in, in a manner to that, that, that I can say my goodbyes if the Lord sees that uh, to be the case in my life if the rapture of the church does not happen. I'm already thinking about that day. I'm not thinking about tomorrow, what's convenient for me tomorrow, and what works out for me in the next six months. I'm thinking about 45, 50 years from now when I will, when I will slip from this life into the next and realize in that moment that it's over. It's over. There's no do-overs anymore. This, I, how I live my life is the story, is the story of my life. How I live my life, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. So many times I've stood in front of caskets and thought to myself about things that people said about them or how they lived their life and thought to myself in these terms, that's their story. God gave them, God gave them a life. He gave them a life. And that was their story. My eternity is worth some people not liking me. My eternity is worth some people rejecting me. My eternity. See, you're not going to spend eternity for me. But when it's all said and done, I'm going to stand in God for myself. And I'm going to give account for my life. And then God's going to go down the list of people that I was responsible for. And he's going to ask me. He's going to ask me. See those people that we're responsible for? God's going to ask us about them. We're going to have to give account. And, there, and there's going to be there's going to be no there's going to be no stuttering. There's going to be no trying to hide it. There's going to be no trying to 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 sugarcoat it when you're standing before the Creator, who knows all, who sees all, whom you can hide nothing from. There will be people in this room that will not be saved. It happens. I, I wish I could say everybody will be saved. But according to the statistics, there will be some people that will decide to live an iniquitous life. will miss heaven for whatever reason. What, what, what reasons matter? What reasons matter? What reason makes a difference if I miss heaven? If he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I, I knew you not. What, what reason balances that out? What reason? Oh, it was hard. There's going to be no reason that as he turns me away from him and says, depart from me, that I feel okay with what I've just heard from the master because of my circumstances where, you know, oh, Lord, you don't understand. Oh, no. A 
revelation of eternity will cause me to get over my own personal inconveniences and insecurities with sharing the gospel. The reason why I can be stuck in my own insecurities is because I don't have a revelation of eternity. Because when I have a revelation of eternity, what somebody thinks of me doesn't matter. It's not going to matter 100 years from now. It's probably not going to matter five minutes from now. But we get stuck. We get stuck in our own world. God's trying to, God's trying to pull us out and say, there's, there's a day coming. There's a day coming where my life, I'm going to give account for every idle word. I'm going to give account for every action, for every decision, for every sin that I committed, for every sin of omission, for the things that I didn't do that I should have done if they are not under the blood of Jesus Christ. There's two revelations you need tonight. You need a revelation of eternity. All over again. And once you get that revelation of eternity, you will then get a fresh revelation of time that you don't have very much. You don't have very much. It's going to be gone. I, 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 want, I want eternity and that revelation to nag at me every day of my life. What the, the worst thing that could happen is for God to release me and let me live my life with no consideration of eternity. What a curse to live under. You want to talk about cursed. We think about cursed as a bunch of bad things happening to you, as lightning striking you or you're or going bankrupt. No, 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 no. The worst curse any I believe anybody could live under is just no concept that I will give account for my life before God one day and everything I have done or not done. I'll get out and I'll work in the in the field because eternity matters. I'll be involved in the lost being saved because eternity matters. When I come to the house of the Lord, I'll worship differently because somebody's eternity matters. I won't be caught up in, in the little argument I have with my spouse on the way there because in the end it's just so piddly and so silly or, or the situation that got my, my, my brain tied up in knots and then we come to the house of God where somebody needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost but, but, but our brains are so wrapped up in piddly little circumstances. You know why? Because eternity Hasn't, hasn't really sunk into our spirit and therefore the church can be rendered ineffective just because we haven't gotten a revelation of eternity. A revelation of eternity will cause me to be able to bypass and look and identify situations that are simply piddly in the, in, and, and just, and just uh, 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 don't have any value in the moment and will just simply distract me from being used by God and simply will, be, will distract me from being a part of the church and, 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 and accomplishing what the church has to accomplish. All because I just got distracted. All because I don't have a revelation of eternity. The understanding of eternal judgment is the foundation of the faith 
like Paul said, not laying again the foundation of good works. He goes through the list of things that we've not, not grow beyond to where we forsake them, but we've got it so ingrained in our spirit that I don't have to constantly be reminded of it. Why is it that, that I'm about done. Why is it that somebody can sit on a church pew for 30 years and still not be convinced that Acts 2.38 is the answer to the question? How, how is that? How is that? How is that possible? How is that possible? For there to be fundamental things, fundamental things that I have never dug out for myself and gotten the answers from me. Foundational principles and the, the fact of eternal judgment is one of those things. Think you better get anything in your spirit in these last days. It is the revelation of eternity and the revelation of time. Stand with me tonight. This, this is where the rubber meets the road in our life. This is what has the potential of changing me. Is what has the potential of motivating me. You need motivation? I, 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 I get up in here and stand on my head. We could bring such and such preacher in. But you know, it's all for naught if I don't personally get a revelation of eternity for myself. If I can get a personal revelation of eternity... I won't need to be motivated for anything. But when I get a hold of it myself. The Bible, the scripture off the top of my head, I don't know what the reference is, but the Bible commands us to lay hold of eternal life. That means get a grip on it. Get a hold of it. Grasp a hold of eternity. And do not let go. Or we can be lulled to sleep and want leisurely Christianity. Oh, I'll go to church today. If I feel like it, I'll, I'll engage. But if not, I, you know, I really can't wait till lunch. Oh, somebody else can pray for them. Somebody else can be concerned for them. I'll let, I'll let somebody else do it. I'll let somebody else carry the weight of that person's soul. I, you know, I know that they're, they're kind of new, but I'll let somebody else say hi. I'll let somebody else get their phone number. I'll let somebody else connect with them. I'll let somebody else. And we can go through our entire Christian life letting somebody else. You know why we'll let somebody else? No revelation of eternity. None. None. Stood out of a lot of caskets. I thought to myself when I've stood over the caskets of people that weren't right with God that died in a lost condition whether they'd ever been saved at one point or had never been saved that right now while I am still in this life they are in weeping and gnashing of teeth and they're preaching the greatest sermon right now The rich man, when he crossed over and he was in hell, 
He said, I've got five brothers. Get to them and tell them, don't come here. Don't come here. Don't come here. There are a lot of parables that Jesus told, but that was not one of them. We know that because Lazarus is named, and the rule of parables is when there's a parable, there's no name there. The Bible says a rich man and Lazarus. We know that this was an actual event that Jesus referred to. And this man had five brothers. And the only thing he could do was try to tell them, go tell my brothers. Go tell them eternity is forever. Go tell them the flames are hot. Go tell them that the relief that I'm seeking is just one drop of water on my tongue. The weight of eternity. Eternity. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room is going to close your eyes in this life and in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to open your eyes in a different world. And you're going to realize in that moment that you are helpless to stop the process. You, you have no power to stop that process. Nothing. You will be helpless. Man, I feel angels in here right now. God is reaching for somebody. God's trying to help somebody get a revelation of just how serious eternity is. That the decisions you have made or I've, I've, I've said in my office and people tell me I'm going to make this decision and I knew it was the wrong decision but I was powerless to stop them only to watch their lives be destroyed because they made a decision and they will stand before God and their children will stand before God in judgment. There will be a day where there was no, there was nothing that was worth that decision that cost them their eternity. I know it's not popular for churches to preach about hell anymore, unfortunately, but this ain't one of them. The number that should scare me to death is the number eight. That number eight should get in your brain, should get in your spirit and scare you to death. It was eight people that were saved on the ark and God made no exceptions for anybody that was not on the ark. No, none, zero, zero, zero exceptions. I am not the exception that God is going to overlook my iniquity and say, well, I'll make an exception for him. Oh, but, but, but not them. Somebody draw in a little bit closer tonight to this altar right now. Somebody come in closer right now. God's trying to download something into your spirit tonight. He's trying to put something in your spirit that will change you for the rest of your life. I know we're not bouncing off the walls right now, but this has the ability to cause you to make right decisions for you, for your family, that eternity is depending upon you. You've got to get a revelation that changes your life, that you cannot unsee what the Lord has shown you. In the name of Jesus, I pray a revelation of eternity would get a hold of us. In the name of Jesus, I loose a revelation of eternity upon every person in this room right now. Lord, I pray it would get a hold of them the way that it has gotten a hold of me, the way it has haunted me every day, the way it has come across my mind multiple times every day, that eternity matters, it matters, it matters. I loose it upon this congregation right now in the name of Jesus. I loose a fresh revelation of eternity upon us. 
would you lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice unto the Lord and ask him right now by his grace and his mercy, by his grace and his mercy, he would give you a revelation that forever is forever, that eternity is forever, that the eternity of my children is forever, that the eternity of my family is forever that the eternity of my spouse is forever. I don't want my babies to lift up their eyes in torments and wonder, Daddy, why did you make that decision? Daddy, why did you do that? I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. I don't wanna, I don't wanna hear those words depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Hallelujah. I arrasata la la makoroye la la bahaya. I orosondo la la
of people will roll off of your back and you'll roll your eyes when people try to pressure you to do things or involve yourself in things or influence you in a way in anything other than living for God when you've got a revelation of your eternity. When people try to pressure me or if I've been in any situation where somebody tried to corner me in any way with anything that was unrighteous, it, it almost angers me. And my spirit inside, I snap back and in my spirit. Now, I'm kind to people, but understand what I'm saying. There's something inside of me that says it's my eternity, not yours. It's my eternity. You will not steal my eternity. You will not influence me in any way, shape, or form that will cost me my eternity. I've already made my mind up. I've already been planning about that day should the Lord not come back of what's going to be on my tombstone of the kind of things my children are going to say or, or reminisce about my life I've already made it up, I've already made my mind up what kind of things my children will say about me I've already made my mind up let's lift our hands to the Lord right now all over the room right now and lift our voice hallelujah in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray it would get in our spirit and never leave us alone from this night forward in the name of Jesus. I pray the voice of your spirit would every day come to us and not let us go in the name of Jesus. If somebody here is to be lost, they're going to have to be lost over while jumping over the hurdle of your voice in our spirit every day, every day, every day. In the name of Jesus, Lord, speak to us. Draw us to you in the name of Jesus. I often think many times in the name of Jesus. I often think when somebody passes and goes the way of the grave. There are many people that have gone on to the Lord. Sister, you can take him back if he needs him. 
there are many times that I've been there close with somebody passed from this life to the next that died right with God and I thought they're seeing what I want to see one day right now right now right now you've got to get your mind and your spirit so focused that nothing 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 don't believe I'm going to go the way of the grave. I personally don't believe that. I believe the rapture of the church is just around the corner. And now is the time to get our focus on one thing. One thing I got to get my I got to get my family to heaven. I got to get myself to heaven. I'm not going to let anybody or anything steal my eternity. Not any situation, any circumstance, anything, anything. Lift our hands one more time to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray that your spirit would speak to us. I pray something would be imparted into our spirit. Lord, never let us go. In the name of Jesus.